So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 200, I'm sorry, 322. For October 31st, 2021, my name is Nathan Reetonspruth, and joining me this week, we have Andrew Rowe McFain. Why am I so sweaty when it's so cold outside? Well, um, how do I say this? Uh, you could you could stand to lose a few pounds. You got a point there. Yeah. And we're also joined by Connor, the cyberpunk monk bash. I, if we had fans that listened, oh, those comments that they would be leaving right now. Anyway, Connor, the cyberpunk monk bash. I'm the cyberpunk. It's Halloween, Nathan. Oh, the cyber. And yeah. I have, I of course am uh, your host, Nathan Reeton Spruth. Uh, it is of course October 31st, so it is Halloween. And uh, let's start off by asking Aroa, where can we find you? You can go to roa.website. I don't have a Halloween theme on the website because no one goes there anyway. Who cares? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, of course, uh, Connor, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at roa.website. One of those links I want to bring your attention to is Clinton Score Classics, Rise of the Rune Lords actual play podcast, which you can actually find just about anywhere you find quality podcasts. Uh, the most important ones, of course, are uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Yeah, you could buy yeah. that for a dollar. No, you I, want it. I like that one. I, I like when he said that. It, it was like in that movie, in that yeah. other movie, in that other movie. Yes. And of course, uh, Nathan Reed and Spruth here. You can find me at the. I, I have a links on the row of stuff too, but uh, you can just go to Twitter. I'm at Reed and there. You can go to Twitch. I'm at Reed and there. You can go to YouTube. I'm at Reed and or Reed and Entertainment there. My website is reedandentertainment.com. And uh, I actually post all the podcasts there as well. There's a podcast link and then a Clinton's Core link. And uh, they have uh, embeds with all of the podcasts in there on like a little playlist that you can just go back and not listen to any of the older ones from the podcast, from the Reeton podcast. Uh, and you can also skip the first season of uh, Clinton's Core Classics. You know, somebody the other day asked me where to start off. And first I was like, episode one, and then... You know, like before he could say something else, I was like, you know, actually. <laughs> but yes, it's uh, uh they're, they're they're good, they're good, they're good. We we have the recording stuff down. It's great. Uh, like so, any good podcast, we grew into it. Exactly. Like if you, I've listened to some podcasts, uh, that are pretty popular, and like the first like three years of the person's podcast they're like oh yeah so i have this headset with a fucking 20 dollar mic on it and i'm just using that and that's my podcast <laughs> and i'm good like content man makes good content yeah so uh let's go let's start off with connor what games did you play this week uh let's see first i played awesome halo and boy halo the master chief collection sort of feels like it's on its dying legs yeah it just and I've complained about this before. Halo just doesn't seem like it's it's not doing it for me anymore. And maybe, just maybe, that's because of those other games I've been playing, such as Pavlov, which is phenomenal. They just had an update where a game mode called The Hidden. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with that at all. Kind of like uh, Left 4 Dead's Hunter, but you're invisible. 
Oh, okay. I think it started off as a, a Gmod, but uh, they just released that with like native engine support, and it is ridiculously fun. Uh, they also added night maps, so things like uh, laser sights and flashlight attachments are very good now. It's very fun. Speaking of fun times in VR, Payday is doing their 10-year anniversary. Good lord, Payday is 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, Payday 2, that is. Or no, this is the, the series, I, I guess. Um, they Holy are doing heck. something specifically today where I guess everything is extra spooky and skeleton-themed. So I am charging my controllers right now because... Like a dummy, I forgot to plug them in last time I was using them. Don't you hate that? So, I mean, I, I should know better by now. Shame on me. Uh, while those are charging, I'm going to be on my Switch playing the new Mario Party, which is the, I think it's Super Mario Party or Mario Party All-Stars or something. It's Superstars. Yeah, it's the best, quote-unquote, best mini games from, like, the first four or so Mario Parties. And uh, an acceptable amount of boards. If they release more boards later, I would be very pleased and probably buy them like the sucker I am. Because uh, Mario Party games do great, especially the original ones. And I think the Switch is like the perfect party system. Yeah. Games like this, games like Jackbox, things like Smash, things like Mario Kart, things like, you know, it's just, it's a good console. It's a good game to have on a good console. I give it high praise. That's good. Anything else? Anything else that we should know about? Uh, not that I could think of. All right, we're going to move on to... I don't know why I said it like that. Andrew, Rogue McFane, what games have you played this week? Uh, for the most part, I've played Borderlands 3. Um, and I, I have all of the DLC because one of the packs, the... Uh, uh, it's it's not the director's cut the designer's cut that's it uh includes a fourth skill tree for all the characters um i'm i'm not not having fun but it's already feeling like very sloggy i forgot how boring borderlands is until you get finished with one skill tree like you you've got to get up to like level 30 or so and then the game actually starts to feel cool um, but man, those first several hours are just, you're just going. Um, I echo a lot of the sentiments that I remember people talking about whenever Borderlands 3 first came out, uh, which is that, dear God, the writing is insufferable. Yep. I hate <clears throat> nearly every character in the fucking game. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it really doesn't feel all that much more substantial than Borderlands 2. Uh, I will say that, like, some of the changes that they've made um, are cool. I like that you don't have to respec to choose, like, which major power that you want to use and that there are different powers for each skill tree uh, and that, like, you can kind of mix and match the skill trees to, like get an upgrade for the power that you have in a different tree. Uh, like there are a lot of neat ideas in terms of the system that are there. Uh, some of the new gun functions are really cool and all that. I just uh, wish that the game itself wasn't so goddamn boring and annoying, uh, at least from the perspective of the people that I have to listen to. 
Um, Although it just, is a better shooter, it is a far worse game overall than the other Borderlands it, games. Yeah, yeah. Like, they so very much want this fucking chick uh, to be Handsome Jack number two. And oh, yeah. The, like, it's not working at all. It's just annoying. I yeah, I played her. the game. I played uh, the game. It was the twins, and, right? Yep. The two, yeah. the two girls, the, the the fraternal twins, which, by the way, fraternal boy and girl twins are the fucking worst. Um, but yeah, I, I remember. Agree. I also I, hate Nathan. <laughs> playing through that game uh, last year, and I agree with you that, like, I was like, they are definitely trying to recreate Handsome Jack, but she does not have the charisma to pull it off. No. I, I yeah I like uh, I I don't really have all that much else to say because I I haven't gotten that far into it and I don't know that I'm going to keep playing it also because it's taking up 130 gigs on my fucking games drive. Ooh, why are games so goddamn big? Like I get, I have the expansions, but like the base game is 100 gigs. Age of Empires is over 200 gigs. Yeah, seriously, can we take just like a, a five second divot and just mutually what the hell that? Why? It has a hundred and thirty-two gigs of four K textures and cutscenes. It's an RTS. I know. Yep. yep. Yes, indeed, it is. Um, but anyway, uh, did you play anything else? Uh, Borderlands. By the way, that another thing about Borderlands Three is it's like thirty-five hours, which is just. Oh uh, yeah, Insane. Borderlands Two was a pretty long game too. Like, uh, like I would expect that. Um, yeah, but I also don't think I'm gonna finish it to be honest. Uh, right. Anyway, um, oh, when did when did Deathloop get on Steam? Has it always been on Steam? Oh yeah, it's always been on Steam. Yeah, yes, it has. Yeah, it wasn't on Game Pass. That's right. That was what I was confused on. Yeah. Anyway, um, I did try to play the mario party uh but i had some issues with how i was trying to play it uh with the family um i've got a uh a setup where i am capturing the game with my capture card off of my physical switch and then i have a homebrew app on the switch that connects to an app on my pc and lets me use controllers connected to my PC as controllers on the Switch. And so then I'm using Parsec to stream the screen along with acting as virtual controllers for my family members who aren't actually here. Um, and out of all that, the problem I ran into is that whenever I turn on OBS uh, and I have the capture card connected, the audio on my entire system gets really, really crackly. And huh. I don't know why. You know, we've is that the same kind of crackling and popping that we've experienced right here on our own Reet Entertainment podcast? Uh, yes, um, except it's everything on my system instead of just Discord. Uh, it's almost like add, turning on the capture card like messes with the, the sample rate of everything else and it's it's having issues there i don't know it was weird though because last night i went to try to figure things out and it wasn't happening anymore so i don't know <laughs> i don't understand 
Interesting. Um, that's that's a that's seems like you have a lot of variables in that that any one of them could fail. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I tried cutting it down by just using an emulator, but um, the emulators do not handle Parsec very well. Strangely, uh, like Parsec can't hook anything other than OpenGL and DirectX 11. Uh, so everything that's using Vulkan will not capture. Yeah, uh, and OpenGL and DirectX 11 aren't as good for emulators. Yeah, I I tried switching one emulator to OpenGL. The other one just only uses OpenGL, but I tried switching the one to OpenGL and it still wouldn't capture. I don't know why. The other one, uh, it would capture, but as soon as it was captured, uh, the game just fucked up. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you ever um, did. You ever try streaming Fear Three specifically? No. No. There is a weird problem with Fear Three, where if you try to use game capture on it, uh, it freaks the fuck out, and like the geometry of various objects in the game just start like flipping around like they're just these massive triangles drawn on the screen it, it is one of the weirdest things i've ever seen and that's what happens in uh reujinx i think it was that that emulator uh yuzu was the one that just wouldn't capture so i don't know what the hell is going on there or why that happens but um yeah just gonna try the other way next time and hope that it continues not crackling that'd be nice okay um are you done with the games that you tried to play tried to yep okay yeah uh, we're gonna move on to me uh i have a couple things uh first off i went to vegas last weekend that's why i wasn't here um so i stream obviously monday through friday 6 p.m pacific time to 9 p.m pacific time on twitch and i didn't do that on monday because i came home uh from a long weekend in vegas and laid down in my bed and immediately fell asleep uh, just passed the fuck out. And um, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I played Pathfinder pa uh, Wrath of the Righteous. Because it was Halloween week, uh, and I and Halloween didn't fall on a weekday, so I wasn't going to be streaming during Halloween, I was like, you know what? I'll just do it every day this week, and I may continue. My, I may make it a tradition uh, where every day I stream on the week of Halloween, uh, I'll just do different face paints. Uh, and of course, I did wrestling face paints. So on Tuesday, it was a uh, Road Warrior Hawk, who you guys have no idea who that is. Um, nope. On Wednesday, uh, I did Gold Dust. And uh, I, I put the picture on, on Twitter. And my friend, my, first off, my girlfriend did all the, all the face paint, and she did an amazing job. Uh, my friend Brandon was like, oh my god, that looks so good. I've literally seen him come to the ring with shittier makeup than that. And I was like, I know, right? Um, on Thursday, I was the Blue Meanie. Now, the pro the thing about the Blue Meanie is he's got uh, a blue beard and blue hair. Uh, and then he has a little bit of face paint. So I dyed my hair blue and my beard blue. 
Did you know that sometimes if you do it wrong, it dyes your face? Yep. I mean, yeah, if you get it on your face. Yeah. So I shaved after after that, and uh, I had a nice blue outline of where my beard was. And I had to get rid of that. That was fun. Uh, and then on Friday, I was I I did uh, the crow version of Sting, which is the black and white uh, face paint. And again, it looked really good. My girlfriend did a did an amazing job. Uh, and then so on Friday, I played. What did I play yesterday? Oh, I played a uh, Wrestle Kingdom two. I was I figured I was. I was dressed up in, in, in wrestler's face paint that I would play uh, Wrestle Kingdom 2, which is a Japanese-only wrestling game that I got it when I was in Seattle last month. So it was uh, it was good. It was good fun. The I, of course, did not understand a lot of the menus, but thanks to Google Translate and knowing how to play wrestling games, I figured it out, and it was, it was a pretty good game. Anyway. Uh, I want to tell a little story about what happened on my flight back from Vegas, because I think it's funny. Uh, when I was when I was going to wrestling, so so you you know I, well, I went to Vegas. I went to Vegas to go watch a wrestling pay per view, and I uh, I got a text message from our good friend Sabrina, who had said something along the lines of, "Oh hey." Uh, they're also doing like football, and they're also doing like a big ice skating event. So that that could be why Vegas, like all the hotels were booked and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And so on Monday, I hop on the plane, and I sit next to a girl, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Nathan," and she's like, "Hi, I'm Maddie," and we have a little bit of a conversation. And I mentioned that it was really busy because of X, Y, and Z, and and the ice skating. And she's like, "Oh, I was actually here for the ice skating." And I was like. Oh, that's cool. Were you were you watching it or were you competing? She's like, "Oh, I was competing." Well, we end up having another conversation. We end up having a conversation about that, and I text Sabrina, and I was like, "Hey, I'm sitting next to one of the ice skaters, um, who who were there. Apparently, she won like the doubles or something like that." Well, it turns out Sabrina knew who the lady was, because the lady is like three time U.S best ice skater in the United States and was on the Olympic team in 2018. <laughs> and I was just like, I had no idea. So I'm just having this casual conversation with her. And then Sabrina's like, you're sitting next to Madison Hubble. And I was like, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. And she's like, <sighs> <laughs> and I had just who, no idea. Who? Did yeah. she make a telescope? Yeah. So she's like, Madison Hubble, uh, you're sitting next to her. And I was just like, yeah. And so I like, you know, I was like, I showed the the girl, the lady, uh, the text message that Sabrina sent. And then like, I was like, so apparently she knows who you are. So can we take a picture? And so I take a picture with her and then I leave the plane. And again, I, at this point, I know she's a, like a, a pretty famous ice skater, but I don't know really what she's done. And so I like, I'm sitting there for five hours in the airport. So I Google her. And I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have, I would have very similarly been like, who? Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, 
Whatever. She's she like the daughter of the guy who made Hubble Space Telescope. That's the yeah. first thing you want to do when you find out you're sitting next one famous is immediately start doing bits. They, love it. <laughs> they yeah, they they absolutely love it. Um, but I have to say, uh, like her and I were talking, like we actually started talking about like MMA and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, I couldn't, I I I don't compare to those people." And again, I don't know who she is at this point. I just know that she's an ice skater. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I can't compare with those people. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, ice skaters are amazing. Like, you do things that they possibly, like, the MMA fighters couldn't do. So, like, I was get like, I just find it funny. I was, like, giving a little bit of a pep talk to an Olympic athlete. <laughs> But realistically, Nathan's gonna be there in his uh his pink hoodie. No, she's she's retiring. Oh well, well you you lost your chance. Yeah, they're they're. Well, that she needs you now more than ever, Nathan. Another thing, the pep talk. (laughs) Another thing that should have clued me in was she's like, oh yeah, we're doing the thing. It's like a it's like a little tournament thing. So we're doing a grand. It's they call it the Grand Prix, where they're going to like United States, Canada. Italy, Japan, you know, all these countries. And it should have clued me in that she was like a world athlete, but my brain was still like, nope, I have no idea who you are. So it was, it was good times. Uh, and, and the wrestling pay-per-view was really fun. You guys should have came. It would have been, you would have enjoyed it. Why didn't you pay for my flight and my room and board and also my, my drinks and my dinner? Because by the and, and time explain to work why I would have had to take it off. <laughs> but uh, I'm because... just saying there's a lot of variables to this, Nathan. Yeah, don't I'm don't s- put that on us. I know. I'm saying be- because uh, by the time that I found out that uh, my girlfriend wasn't going to be going, uh, the flight from where you're at to Vegas would have cost a lot of money. Didn't That's we actually why. look it up? Wasn't it like six hundred bucks or something like that? Yeah, I and the and I found out the reason for that was because uh, like the week after and the week before were still really cheap, and that weekend that I went, um, I guess there was like a a Raiders game, like a hometown uh, Raiders game, and so there was just like everybody was was getting booked, like all the hotels and stuff were getting booked, so. Uh, I think it's that, plus there was the ice skating, plus the wrestling, plus it's just Vegas. So uh, a lot of people were, were going to Vegas, and I, so I think that just made the prices for hotel rooms and the uh, the flights more expensive than they should have been. Well, next anyway. time you get a basically free flight to Vegas, let me know ahead of time, and I'll see what I could do. Okay. Uh, and you could have stayed with my friend, so that would have been the, the lodging would have been fine you could have just stayed stayed with us anyway uh we're gonna move on and talk about some news stories all of these stories are ones that aroa brought up uh speaking of nintendo 64 uh, or nintendo games rather nintendo online so the, the expansion pack sucks that's what i'm saying uh-huh. uh first off it's too expensive which people yeah. are like it's not too expensive i'm like yes it is it's, it's way it's, too expensive. <laughs> yeah it is. yeah Way too expensive. Uh, but also, uh, apparently, the Nintendo 64 emulation on them is bad. It's got some critical flaws. Uh, there are two glaring issues. One of them is, I think, in an 
effort to like increase optimization for runtime on Switch, they've nixed a lot of fog, uh, or you know, fog effects, which has really killed the atmosphere in certain games. The example that a lot of people bring up is Mario Kart. A lot of levels used to have fog on them just so you can, you know, keep the draw distances short. Yeah. Now that that's not an issue, maps aren't really like the most finished quality when you're not looking at them when you're supposed to. Uh, a lot of Zelda levels are also, it's not like they're not playable, but they've definitely lost a lot of sheen. Well, well, uh, I think the problem with Zelda wasn't the, uh, it was that the fog was in the wrong places. In some cases, it was either reduced or it was rendering incorrectly. Yeah. A lot of what I've seen is just, it's been completely removed. See, what I've seen from Legend of Zelda, there are places where it's completely removed, but in the uh, in the opening level, uh, the village, I don't remember the name of the village. The Kiri Forest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fog, there's fog in the village, which it wasn't in the village before. And I'm just not sure how Nintendo really dropped the ball on this. I uh, saw some other people doing videos where they showed comparisons between on-console and the the Wii port and the Nintendo Switch Online Plus port. And they've been taking steps worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, they somehow made it worse than the virtual console in some cases. And, like, the virtual console is already considered the worst version of a, a lot of these games. Right. So, like... <laughs> How how do they make it even worse? I don't know. Another big uh, issue know. that the N64 online is suffering is the way that it handles netcode, wherein every client who is connected to the same that connection is stuck in lopstep. So what that means is if one console gets a data packet sent to it, uh, you know, and you're playing a game, everybody's moving at the same time. Not everybody's going to finish rendering or send their next packet until every other client receives that data, processes it, and sends it out. Which on a console like a Switch, which is handheld and might not have the best connection anyways, means that if you lose your connection even for a minute, everybody connected loses their connection for a minute. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's the most emulators now uh, use some form of uh an asynchronous net code yeah so um they'll use like uh lib retro the way that they do it i i'm i think it i think this is this is rollback but i'm not totally sure because like the the standard i think is rollback net code but um the way that lib retro does it is everyone has save states and they're just like each client is constantly making save states. And then every once in a while they will synchronize save states. Uh, so it could be like every so many frames or whatever. Uh, so that way, like unless something gets majorly desynchronized, you're never going to notice anything hitch to any major degree. Um, whereas like, like you said with this, if even a single frame is off, then everyone has to stop until they're synchronized again. And that's just not ever going to make for good gameplay, especially in something like Mario Kart or Star Fox 64. 
I, I, it is utterly fascinating that this is so this this is the emulator that Nintendo used for the Super Mario 3D anniversary bullshit uh, for Mario 64. Yeah. And there are problems present in this iteration that were not present in the original Mario 64 release uh, as part of that collection. So like, what, what, what are they doing? Why, why is it that like free indie emulators are capable of producing consistently good results and a company that has the source code for the firmware of the hardware and has like every single spec that could possibly need for that hardware probably still has access to the source code for the software that they're working with most of the time they can't get this working to an acceptable degree because like this we, we didn't even mention that like i've seen videos of ocarina of time in particular where like the geometry on link gets fucked up where like he loses limbs and like there have been reports of crashing there have been reports where the audio gets all fucked up and it does it like gets all crackly and then it'll just cut out entirely like this is insane and then to on top of it all say that you need to pay fifty dollars a year for this bullshit fuck you fuck yeah you, yeah it's it, and it honestly the list of games they have yeah there's some good games on the list but are they worth thirty dollars a year no no they're not like i i don't know i i i was not a fan of the pricing and i'm definitely not a fan of the implementation that they had of this uh, N64 emulator, uh, I would rather, again, just play it on on Moopin64 or a Virtual Console apparently is better, which kind of sucks that it, it's better. Uh, is Moopin64 the big one still or Project 64? I don't know which one's better. Uh, Project 64 it, is the one I've been using for ever. I'm not Project sure 64 it... is like the one that everyone uses, I think. Um, Moopin 64 is the one that most people like in the scene will prefer to use just because they have a nicer code base and they get updates more often. That is also what half of the lib retro, which is the, they're, they're the ones that do RetroArch. Uh, like that's the better one that RetroArch has. Uh, Libretro also has another one called like Parallel LL or something like that, oh, which yeah. is a low level emulator. Uh, and actually, they they made some substantial progress on that last year. Um, it is way better than it used to be. But um, yeah, it, it most of the time I would say to use Moopin or uh, use RetroArch. Because like all of Lib Retro's cores are like their own branch of the original thing, so there are going to be patches in that that aren't present in the original one, and vice versa. Uh, really, for the most part, you can you can get away with just using RetroArch for like everything. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. Don't don't buy the expansion pack. I mean, I get is that the only way to get the DLC for Animal Crossing? No. 
Okay. No, you can just buy it on its own. That's oh. I, like I, the, this, I was thinking about this earlier. I think that what it is, is they're afraid that the happy home paradise DLC isn't going to sell. And so what they're doing is packing it in with the expansion pack because they know it is going to sell because people want those N64 games so badly. See, I thought so it was the opposite. Them to... Now I was, I was thinking, I was thinking that that's what it was because then whenever it comes time for sales reports, they can be like, yeah, the happy home paradise DLC sold really, really, really well. And in reality, it's because everyone bought the switch online thing. Oh, like, it, I it's see. probably, I, it's either that, or it was just that like, they knew that they could get away with it. Yeah. Um, and they like they knew people were going to buy it no matter what, so they can justify upping the price by including this DLC. But I, I, I was, I realized like that is a distinct possibility at least. I thought I thought it was the opposite. I thought that they thought the expansion pack wasn't going to sell, and so they included the DLC to sell the expansion pack. I thought that's what it was because they Animal Crossing is still big. And I thought maybe the expansion pack was, they're like, oh, it's going to cost too much. Let's put this DLC in there to make it seem like it's a good value because it's not, it's not a good value. Uh, the $20 a year, I would say the $20 a year uh, base price is good. That's fine. It's just so the, worth it. yeah, but adding on another $30 on top of that just is not worth it. I would even say $30 a year to include the N64 and Genesis games would be completely worthwhile. I would actually like probably I, do it if it was 30 And I, I don't have the base, but if you threw in a working N64 emulator, not a great one, a working yeah, yeah. N64 emulator, uh, Genesis on top of that, sure. Yeah, yeah. I get to play some of my games that I play already online, sure. Or you can just homebrew your Switch. Anyway, let's move on. To complaining about Apple, uh, you think $30 a year for an expansion pack is bad? How about $19 for a fucking cleaning cloth? <laughs> this blew my fucking mind when I saw this. I was like, God damn, how low, how low will people go to just fucking suck off fucking Tim Cook? Like, Jesus Christ, $20 for a fucking microfiber cleaning pad. Yep, that, like, okay. They... Let, let me read this first paragraph, please. It says, alongside the MacBook Pros, Apple has added a new first-party polishing cloth to the Apple Store. The new polishing cloth is a soft, uh, is a soft white with an embossed Apple logo. Apple does not specify what material it is made out of. It is priced at $19, and Apple says it's compatible with every single device they make. No fucking shit. <laughs> and it's called the eye wipe. <laughs> like, yeah, I forgot about that part of the fucking article. Man, like, fucking, it's so weird, the, the differences between some of the writers on 9to5Mac and Cult of Mac. I've been getting a lot of of news articles from those two sites. Yeah, and like, holy shit! Some of these people are so fucking just 
grossly invested in this stupid company uh and like that even that minor of a statement i'm like shut up man like (laughs) it's a fucking cleaning cloth you can get these at the dollar store literally the dollar store it'll come with fucking fucking cleaning spray this doesn't even come with a cleaning spray it's just a wipe that is i mean and i think i think i fix it tore it down (laughs) the wipe what yes yes they use like a pair of scissors probably i don't know i just saw an article that was like they they tore down the microphone the the cleaning cloth they put on their gloves and they count each individual fiber i hope they did like a like a really fancy like zoom shot like like with with a above the table thing and they show the guy like putting on each and both of his individual latex gloves and like he gets the the scalpel and they show him like in slow motion slowly cutting down the center of the the fucking cloth as if it's some kind of intricate operation that they're doing my my favorite part is apple says it's compatible with every single device they make yeah fuck you apple yeah (laughs) Apple is dumb. Another thing about Apple being my dumb. Boot. We're 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 moving on because there's not much that we can talk about. Don't buy a twenty dollar cleaning cloth, please. Don't do it. Have okay, more self respect than that. Yeah. However, uh, Apple seems to have forgotten that it built a notch in the MacBook Pro. <laughs> so what's happening with so, this, Aroa? So you remember last week, um where we talked about how uh, the new notch is presumably going to cause some problems because like, hopefully Mac OS is going to be smart enough to like put the UI around the notch. Um, Well, it doesn't at least not consistently. Uh, So it depends on the app you're running and also on some other things. (laughs) Okay. So depending on whether your app knows that the notch exists uh if it does not know that the notch exists uh menu items can end up behind the notch and uh you can actually like roll your mouse behind the notch and click on those menu items but you just have to know that they're there uh similarly uh in the top right corner is the Mac OS equivalent of the system tray. So that's yeah. like that's the thing in the bottom right corner on Windows. Yeah. Um so you can have little icons there. And those can stretch across to the point like you'd have to have a lot there, but you could presumably have them stretch all the way across to the point that they're underneath of the notch. And uh, there's really nothing in Apple's design documentation to make that not happen or to tell you what to do about it. It just says to not do that. Um, the so, developers over at Photoshop are like, gee, thanks. <laughs> like um, one of the examples that they, they give in here is an older version of DaVinci Resolve. Uh, the The older version will put menu items underneath of the notch. And I I saw in a video where you if you click on resolve, 
then suddenly you can move your mouse underneath of, of the notch. If you click on the Finder, which is Windows Explorer, uh, then you can't move the mouse under the notch anymore because it's aware that the notch exists. So developers have to go in and do something. And then suddenly their menu items are supposed to like stack on the other side of the notch and all that good stuff. It's, it's insane. It is insane that this, this wouldn't be something that the OS would automatically account for. Yeah, because instead it ha it has to be something built into the app. Because like like they they have uh they have notches on phones, right? Like the, I think the the Some iPhones reason the iPhones still have notches. Uh, and then there's like my phone, my Pixel Four A has has the little pinhole, just a little camera that's that's in the screen basically. And I think the, I hate those more. You've mentioned that. Uh, I don't mind either. I, I don't mind either one of them as long as the you know OS works around them. Which when they do that, they design the OS like they just rejigger the OS so it works around them. So why why can't they do that with with the Mac? Like they already know how to do it with the the iPhone. So clearly, yeah. they have a way of doing it at a system level that they just have not implemented into the macbook pro which so is really there, silly there is a workaround okay what's the workaround is, which is like a, the part two to this story okay uh the, the workaround is uh you can use get info on an app which is the equivalent of hitting right click and properties yeah uh and then there is a checkbox that you can choose to scale to fit below built-in camera and what that'll do is if you check that box and then you open the app then the entire screen gets slightly smaller so that everything is inside of a slightly no. smaller rectangle that no, goes no, below no, no. the notch. No, 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 no. I don't like that. <laughs> Apple, what the it's fuck? It's almost like the real solution would have been to not have a goddamn notch. Yeah, just have like... Uh, just have a quarter inch more bezel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just have a bezel. Like, that's... That's what you should have done. So I I don't know specifically enough about the Mac to know like how particularly true this is going to be, but some rendering engines really take advantage of the fact that a typical display resolution will always be a stable like, for example, 2560 by 1080. When it builds that array, it sort of uses the fact that it's a perfect set of, like you're not going to have gaps in that array. Sometimes it takes advantage of that to cheat parts of the rendering. Uh, sometimes when your screen gets funny little you know glitches going on, there was an issue there, and that's what's going on. Not having the option to work around that is probably going to be causing a lot more issues of that nature. Where suddenly you're looking at something and this old application wasn't expecting this, and now everything's rendering, you know, I mean, how big's a notch going to be? Like 40 pixels or something like that? 40 pixels divided by 1,000 lines, that's going to eventually make a difference, you know? I, I don't know how much of a factor it would be because I, I also know much less about how macOS works. I will say, however, that um, at least in my use of macOS, it seems like everything kind of resides within a, a sort of master frame buffer. So like the, the what you see is kind of abstracted within a larger box that everything then sits inside uh like kind of like dwm master or Windows. something yeah yeah it like 
like everything kind of combines together and is composited into this flat surface that then macOS projects onto the screen. And so it can then resize everything within that at will. I think right. that's how the uh, the the zoom feature works so well in macOS. It's like a rasterized. It, yeah, you you can hold down function and zoom in and out at will with like no performance cost and no lag or anything. It doesn't have to think about it. I'm assuming that that's how it gets away with that, but that I, I don't know for sure. Like, either way, though, it's ridiculous. It, it doesn't make any sense. I like uh, I like the idea of running it into in a very small window. <laughs> it's like, such a bad fix. I mean, it is a it, fix. But yes, that it, is... it even does like a like a cute little animation where it like shrinks in like it, it's not just like a snap. It like it like does a little bounce shrink in thing. And it's like they knew they knew that this was going to be a common thing and they bothered with that part. But like nobody thought maybe this is a, a sign that we shouldn't have a stupid notch on a goddamn laptop of all things. I, I bet you. That this was a, a higher up decision. Oh, yeah. And, like, the managers were like, we're going to do this. And the developers were like, this is fucking stupid. And they're like, we don't care. We know it's stupid. Do it. And I was like, okay. We're going to have to design this stupid animation. Yeah, we have to make the screen as big as possible. So, fuck off. Just make it work. Yeah. I I personally, like, uh, if you ever looked at a couple of the Oppo phones that came out, like, a year or two ago... Uh, where they had the mechanized thing, where they would it would come yeah. out of the screen. Oh, that was that was really yeah, cool. I I was always worried that they would end up wearing out, but from what I have read about that, like the the phone itself would be more likely to need to be replaced before the camera module would. Like yeah, those those motors are surprisingly robust. Yeah, so having one of those on there would would be cool, but again, they'd have to make it a little bit thicker, right? To to incorporate that. Oh yeah, that. yeah, we can't possibly yeah. have that. Yeah, that, that's um, why there's no face ID, by the way. Really? Probably could yeah, jam it in. Yeah, yeah, they, they because then the the top of the display would be too thick, and we can't possibly have that. We've got to beat Razor. Anyway, we're gonna move on to our. Uh, is that the last Mac one? Are you leaving now, yeah. or did you want to talk about the crypto? I, I no, I wanted the M1 Max. We got to talk about that. Oh, oh yeah, right. That, I'm sorry, that's... sorry. The M1 Max. I, I I had skipped one. So the M1 Max uh, are are decent. Yeah. So the M1 Max is uh, one of the two new M1 chips in the new MacBook Pros. You got the the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. I don't know shit about the M1 Pro. I'm I believe that it's like like 1.5 or two times better than the normal m1 who cares doesn't matter because what you want is the m1 max which starts at like three thousand dollars i think whenever i looked at apple's website uh so for three thousand dollars you get 32 gigs of ram and you get apparently a gpu that is roughly the equivalent of an rtx 3060 okay uh it is in a laptop that's pretty cool um, what I think this, this article leaves out is that, that I believe is equivalent to a 3060 mobile version, uh, which is substantially less good 
yeah. than a desktop one, obviously, because you can't fit as much cooling into a mobile platform. And they kind of lie. Um, they kind of lie when they're like, oh, it's a 3060. It's it's not equivalent. Like they usually like cut back on CUDA cores and stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and like that was part of NVIDIA's branding thing because they wanted to get rid of the M branding so that you wouldn't be as like grossed out by it. But anyway, um, yeah, the the new M1 Max can run Baldur's Gate 3 in 1440p, 120 frames per second, which is pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah. on a laptop, um, it in 2160p, it'll run at 60 FPS pretty consistently. And and, um, and we should we should note that uh Baldur's well, I was going to say Baldur's Gate runs natively. Yeah, the yeah. Um so this is all native. Uh there's also an upscaler that uh the game uses and that is being rewritten to run on apple silicon and that will make things look even better uh at higher frame rates so that's cool um metro exodus and shadow of the tomb raider uh they also tested those run under rosetta the compatibility pipeline for uh intel apps to apple silicon slash arm apps uh that runs or those run decently uh 1080p they hit 96 frames per second which is a weirdly specific frame rate for both yeah. of them to be hitting um exodus runs 40 to 50 fps at native resolution which i don't know what that is on the new macbooks i know that the macbook pros have ever since they introduced the retina display had a ridiculously high native resolution so I'm assuming that that's somewhere, maybe that's the 2160p. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, assuming 4K or like 5K. I know they had for a while. Uh, I, those are on the, um, the like iMac style displays that are okay. like a thousand dollars for just a stupid monitor. Right. Um, but yeah, like this is pretty good for an integrated graphics on a chip. Like yes. I, from from a lot of what I've been reading, like the M1 architecture is really really good. That said, you're paying three thousand dollars for this fucking thing, and you can get a you can get a razor blade for two thousand dollars that starts at a terabyte of storage and has a thirty seventy in it as opposed to a thirty sixty. Yeah. So, like you're still not going to buy a MacBook for gaming. Um, but I do wonder if maybe a couple generations down the line, we're going to see more support from developers for Mac native applications. One of the comments, more people. Uh, I'm sorry. One of the comments says, so the Mac performs better than a machine that costs a quarter of the price. Unbelievable. <laughs> Absolute miracle. Yeah, like that's really like this. This isn't anything remarkable from from an actual price standpoint. But considering how shitty MacBooks have been in the last several years in terms of graphics, like I, I used a uh, I think a 2016 MacBook Pro at a previous job and uh, I tried to play Civ 5 on it. 
and it ran like hot garbage. Um, like it wasn't it wasn't the worst, but it was bad for what that hardware should have been capable of doing. Yeah, I had and... I had a MacBook Pro at, when I was at Facebook, and I remember people uh, when the M1 came out, they're like, "Hey, can we get? Uh, I I have an upgrade available for for my." computer for my work computer can i get one of the m1 max i'm like no they have to like test it and shit before they <laughs> before they send it out they can't just like send it out and be like oh facebook apps don't work on it guess guess you suck yeah. <laughs> that would be unfortunate that would be kind of really bad <laughs> yeah it would uh but yeah i i do wonder how this is going to turn out once like the m1 max hardware is down at the baseline mac mm -hmm. level unfortunately by the time that happens we're gonna presumably have like you know the nvidia 5000 series cards and that's going to be neither here nor there well but, and and here's another know. thing like to to go with the uh, on the side of a, a mac user right they're going to want to buy a Mac product anyway. And the fact yeah. that the fact that Macs can now play games at a decent frame rate will just be like uh, icing on the cake for them. Yeah. It's, and it's, that, that was, that was kind of what I was thinking is like, if this is something where you are a gaming content creator in particular, or you just, your job involves using a MacBook, like this is pretty cool for you. Because yeah. if you like gaming, but you've been held back because your MacBook is $3,000 but also can't run games, you finally have that other part of your life available again. Yeah. So that's good for them, uh, I guess. I'm definitely not going to buy a $3,000 Mac. Of course uh, not. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a big enough push for anyone really to be like, that's right, I'm going to Mac for my gaming rig. But if you're already one of those Mac people and... Like we say every week, please just get out now. You know, the sooner you do it, the better you'll be. But at least now you have the option. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that that that's time to bid adieu to. Is that how you say it? adieu to uh, Aroa? Yeah, I'm 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 leaving now. I'm sorry. I have to I have to to go for a walk. Actually, happy so, anniversary. Um, thanks, thanks for spending it with us. Yeah, uh, and we're we're gonna talk about a couple more stories, and then we're done. So, uh, Cyberpunk Monk. Uh, another thing a row brought up was uh, crypto investors are bidding to touch a one thousand seven hundred eighty four pound tungsten cube once a year. Touch the cube. Oh, hey, it's in Willowbrook, Illinois. Yeah, it the says, forbidden cube. <laughs> it says in the latest phase of the quest to turn everything into an nft again i don't know what that fucking means um non-fungible token oh okay crypto traders are now bidding to digitally own a 1784 pound cube of tungsten in willowbrook illinois which uh how far away is that from you uh if you keep on talking i can get you an exact distance perfect according to the terms of the sale uh which will have the receipt posted to the blockchain for posterity uh posterity sorry uh the owner can the owner it says in quotes can have one supervised visit to the cube per year to touch and or photograph it uh it says touch or photograph it so i assume they can do both over the past two weeks a 
joke fired off by uh, Coin Center's Niraj Agrawal about the non-existent tungsten shortage thanks to the crypto traders buying cubes of tungsten due to the meme actually caused one of the Midwest tungsten service. The Illinois manufacturer actually creates small cubes of tungsten and the tweet caused a 300% increase in sales that depleted the company's stock on Amazon. Uh, I I don't care about this story. It's dumb. It says I don't that get the it. okay, but the minimum bid right now uh, is forty seven point seven four Ethereum, which uh, of course at the time of the article it's different. Uh, but at the time of the article it was written, it would be around two hundred one thousand dollars for the privilege to touch. This cube of tungsten once a year. If you buy it, you fucking deserve to be scammed. I mean, can, can you just pay off my house? I have, you like have that much money. Loans that are keeping me from starting my life. Yeah. It would be nice if you could use a fraction of this to just delete those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it also be nice if you took the same fraction of this and like fed a homeless community. Or yeah, a, a shelter or something like that. Give a donation. Like, don't touch a fucking cube. Like, I'm all for, you know, having your money and spending it. Like, you and I spend our money on stupid shit all the time. I just bought two new monitors for myself, right? Like, and I have a crippling Warhammer addiction. Yeah, uh, you have spent more on Warhammer uh, in the last year than probably you've spent on anything in your entire life. Other than that is school. definitely not true. Um, but yeah, like like I'm fine with people spending the money however they want to. But when you get to this spending two hundred thousand dollars on something you're going to be touching once a year, do something better with your money, man. Give it to charity. Do something better with your life. <laughs> yeah, like if I had if I ever thought I'm going to spend two hundred thousand dollars to touch this thing once a year, I'd just be like, I'm just going to give that to like I'm just going to find some other more productive way to spend my money or hey i can spend a billion dollars going to space or i could spend that billion dollars you know giving better health care to my workers i don't know which one i'm gonna do i anyway. hate my species so much yeah me too all right we got some uh we got some game trailers to talk about oh boy we got some pre-rendered cutscenes to talk about yep uh death first so this all happened at the Sony's October State of Play for PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, there wasn't, honestly, there's not a ton to talk about, but there's that I was two things interested. I'm excited for in this list. Uh, one of them will surprise you, and neither of them are enough to make me want to buy a, a PS5. Yeah, so Death First, Let It Die. Uh, upcoming battle, uh, Arena Battler, Death First, Let It Die, was announced today, and it looks all right, according to the article. Trailer showed off some melee combat and uh, some amount of personality. Per the trailer, it'll launch in spring of 2022. It, I mean, I'm not huge into battle, like arena battlers, so I'm not huge into this game, but uh, it looked like it was a game that was functional. It felt Hopefully. like it was trying to be League of Legends on an overly developed physics engine. Yeah, that's possible. Okay, we have another thing. Uh... I've seen the trailer for this before. They have, have since released another trailer, uh, and it's called We Are OFK, 
which is an episodic narrative adventure game about a real indie band in LA. So it's it's a real indie band that they're making a narrative uh, episodic narrative adventure game about. And this is like if they did Life is Strange for high high puffy Yumi. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It doesn't look great uh and I hate the art style. Um I could I'm watching the trailer on mute as we're talking about this. I could fall in love with this art style. I could already just kind of glance that I, I don't care what these people are struggling through. Yeah. It, it's a lot of people looking sad and not talking to each other as they travel. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't look great. Oh, right. We've got an update for a game called bug snacks, which I have a PS five and I have not played this game. I, I, kind of want to but i also don't um it's it's the weird game that they showed off where like you have creatures that are hot dogs and and hamburgers yeah it's it's out there this is made by the person who made octodad which Ah. is the only thing i really remember about it is it's also one of those games that i look at it and goes oh that's pretty weird i like i i'm interested in checking it out but i'm not interested in picking up a playstation 5 to do it yeah, uh, and there is an update coming out. There's a Bug Snacks update titled "The Big I- Island." I'm sorry, "The Big Isle of Big Snacks" coming in 2022. It's adding base building and uh, prehistoric bug snacks. Like, what do they mean by prehistoric bug snacks? I assume they mean dinosaurs. Yeah, the vibe that I get is, you know, in Super Mario Odyssey when you put Cappy on the the T Rex. Yes, that is what. I get like the distinct impression is going to be oh, happening. Oh, and that I did watch the trailer and that is, is actually part of it is, uh, there's hats. Yeah. Yep. They're adding in hats. They, they like didn't any say good that, game. But, yeah. Like any good game for men of culture, uh, there needs to be hats. Um, five nights at Freddy's security breach was also showed off. Um, it's getting a weird rebranding. It's not made by by Scott Cawthorn anymore. Which is probably the best thing for it. Yeah, and it looks actually pretty good. Like it looks like I know, right? It looks like you're you're trapped in the the Freddy Fazbear's place. Like it you know, it's the similar story. You're you're trapped in there and you're trying to get out and survive until six AM. But you're not but, stuck in a room while jump scares happen. You're like navigate. This is like that uh, that aliens game, the one that was an absolute shit. Isol isolation. Isolation, yeah. This and, gives me that kind of value, and it looks it looks weirdly good. Yeah. Uh, so it actually looks way better than the other uh Five Nights at Freddy's games. It probably won't do as well. I I have low hopes for it, but yeah, I I want it to be good. Yeah, I want it to be good too. Uh, too it it. It's you know they came out with a a Five Nights at Freddy's book. Is it just like a collection of the lore? I guess. How... No, no, no. Ca- Scott Cawthorn actually wrote a book, like a like an actual book of of Five Nights at Freddy's. Just to get the record straight, or something. Uh, it was a prequel to the games. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I feel like at that point, you just got to close down the franchise. This is happening way too much. It is. 
Uh, there's another game called Death's Door that got showed off. Um, I was expecting you to be excited for this because of how much it reminded me of Hades. Yeah, that's. I was looking at it. I like the uh, I like the isometric view. It does appear to be a top-down action RPG. I'm hoping it's good. I don't like all games in this genre, um, and I'm not sure if it's a roguelike. It uh, looks more like a puzzler or, or yeah. a platformer puzzler, but it definitely also has that isometric slash em up kind yeah. of approach and, to it. And if it's good, um, you know, I'll 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 take a look at it. But I'm probably gonna. It's it's one of those games that I'm probably gonna see re- and watch trailers on before I, I will actually pick it up or or watch reviews and 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 check it out before I actually pick it up. But uh, good thing it's coming out November twenty third. And that's pretty soon. Yep. Uh, it says any uh, if you get a free game if you pre order called Titan Souls, which I've never heard of, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, they also have another game that they showed off called Cart Rate or Cart Rider Drift. Hey, did do you see the trailer for this? Did you watch this? Yeah. Uh, they Tell had me a... that's not Vivian Mega Man. <laughs> it is. That is. They know what they did. Yeah, that that blue guy looks like Mega Man. Uh, I did not see VV. Um, but yeah, they they definitely are inspired by other game characters. Let's let's say that. Uh, and this game is clearly inspired by Mario Kart and uh, the Sonic racing games, which is fine. Those are fine games, but I'm not sure. I'm not huge into kart racers. Uh, Unless they're surprise smash hits like that Sonic one. That Sonic one was amazing. That but... game has no business being as good as it is. Right. Uh, it. I mean, it might be fun if it was like twenty bucks. I'd probably pick it up, but it's probably going to be like forty or sixty. Oh, you know, you know they're going to do sixty, and yeah, and that that's that's the death knell for that. Yeah. Um. But but it looks it looks not like not a bad game. It'll probably be well done. Be a, be a good game, but. Uh, King of Fighters 15. You know, I didn't even watch this trailer. Uh, it is a King of Fighters game. It sure is. It's... And they also had uh, First Class Trouble. This was the other one where I thought I could sort of jam on this. This looked to me like a multiplayer hitman. Well, that's what they say. It says it's a multiplayer de- uh, deduction game that looks kind of like a group, uh, like oh, group yeah, hitman. Uh, someone tries to make one of these every few years, but basically, uh, it's like Among Us. It looks like, uh, but with graphics, like better graphics. Did you ever play the ship? Did I ever yes. make you play yes. that with me? I love that game so much. This looks like a modern approach to the ship. That's what I was thinking. Was it does look like the ship? I didn't like the ship very much. I know a lot of people okay. did. Uh, I just, I wasn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it about what to do on it. Um, but yeah, this looks like maybe a modern, maybe more streamlined version of the ship. Uh, and you get like each person get different roles. So there's not the imposter, but one of them's like a, a cyborg who's trying to kill everyone. Um, and we'll have to see how it goes. Other people are residents. Um, it says shut down Kane while trying to figure out who's the personoid. And the personoid, of course, is the uh, cyborg. By the way, 
if you like this game and if this game is your jam, play Space Station 13. They do it a lot better. Space Station 13 does? Yes. Now that I'm looking more into this, this is just, you know, werewolf. Okay, but, but mafia, here's whatever. Here's the thing, Connor. People like having graphics when they play games. I guess if if you need to buy a PS5 to play Space Station 13, you go ahead and you have fun with First Class Trouble. Okay. I'm just saying, <laughs> when you're ready to get over your dumbass pedigree, come over to us on Fart Station or whatever. <laughs> I'm just I don't saying. Think there's actually okay. a server called Fart Station. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Now, uh, we've got two more games I think to talk about. Uh, Star Ocean: The Divine Force, which was a JRPG, pretty pretty JRPG. It's a weird um, way to say Xenoblades. And it looks it looks all right. I like I I so I've never gotten into the Star Ocean games. I know there was uh Star Ocean something something time for the PlayStation 2 and I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh and then there there have been a bunch of Star Ocean games since then that I still haven't played. Have you played any Star Ocean games? No, because they give me the impression that it's more of a beat 'em up centric fantasy star. Yeah, and, and that's not my jam. No, it look they're all like their graphics on the Star Ocean games have always been amazing, but I, I agree, I'm not a huge fan of them. They're showing off that neon glow in these very beautiful nature settings with, you know, far load. Yeah, not load scenes, but like you, you could see draw distance all the way to the. That's what I'm looking for. You could see the mountains in the background and shit like that. But, eh. yeah, it reminds me, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it reminds me of a uh, Xenoblade or uh, Zen- yeah, uh, it it's they've got big monsters and you've got slashy swords and it's kind of action combat and I don't I'm not a huge fan it's of Monster action Hunter. And the last one is The Devil Inside, which I have not really any idea what this game is about. I've I've watched the trailer once, and I was kind of like, oh. And then I watched it again, because I wasn't quite sure what I just watched, and I was like, oh. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, it's got this amazing isometric tilt-shift kind of thing going on with it, and I'm actually a sucker for that. I love it. So I'm curious. I want to know more. It looks like it has fishing in it. It's got some fishing. Yeah. It's got some sort of bartering, some sort of communicating with Someone who doesn't seem thrilled to see you. It, it, I, I'm interested. I'm probably not going to pick up a PlayStation 5 to check out more, but I like that they're trying something different. It's neat. Yeah, it, it looks okay. I mean, again, it's probably going to be a game that I'll pick up later when it's on sale and maybe play through it, or I'll never touch it. Never touch it. Um. But if you scroll down just a little bit, you can see that they're doing a demake of uh, Bloodborne. If you want to play that, a PS1 demake of Bloodborne. No? Don't want to do that? Not really, no. Okay. So that's our uh, that's our, our, our show for the day. That's it. So that's all we got to talk about. I uh, Aroa brought up all the stories because I've been busy this week. So uh, thank you, Aroa, for, for finding all the stories for us to talk about. And uh, we'll be over. we'll be back next week, uh, playing some more playing some more Pathfinder afterwards. Next week, not not this week. Not this week. But we'll do be doing another podcast next week, and hopefully talking about some more uh, fun stuff 
and and yeah, games. I got things that... I want to talk about. Make it happen. Okay. Uh, you didn't do a Warhammer minute. I didn't haven't. I I tried to play Warhammer. I also wanted to talk about Space Station Thirteen. They got this event going on right now where uh, an admin accidentally killed me, so he respawned me as like a Jason style horror creature called the Slasher. You can oh, take yeah? people over and hunt. It was it was a lot of fun. I was saying one liners. Well, I'm happy yeah, for I, you. I never got to play Warhammer this week, which is unfortunate. I'm I'm not I'm I'm sad for you, but uh, thank you for being here, Connor. I will I will see you next week. I had to be here. You wouldn't have done it if I didn't make it. That's true. Goodbye. Goodbye.